We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast. I'm Pete, joined by Darius. Last night, the Lakers sleepwalked through a blowout loss to the Houston Rockets. Gave up 42 points in the first quarter. That tied a season high. Gave up 78 points in the first half. That is a season high. Then the starters got absolutely worked in the third quarter. And before you knew it, D, it was a 30-point game. Lakers made a bit of a fake comeback in the fourth quarter. LeBron played 37 minutes in a game we were down by 30. D'Lo played 40 or so. AD sat out the fourth quarter playing only 29, did not move very well. And that not moving very well was a theme throughout last night, D. That was something that nobody quite like Cam Whitmore can illustrate the lack of your team running the floor and playing with spirit quite like him. I think he runs the floor about as well as anyone in the NBA. And there's a lot to be said for just running your ass off and the value behind that D. And so this was another one of those losses that has the spirit and overall connectivity of the team very much on my radar. There were some interesting post-game comments about lack of communication, lack of care factor, according to LeBron in certain instances. And I sent you guys a couple of the type of LFR videos I cannot uh, do anymore. The look at this guy not freaking <laughs> running after the ball, right? Can't can't make those no more. <laughs> but yeah, D, that was a there was a marked difference in the level of spirit and effort and just running the floor. And so, what did you see last night? Basically, that I think I was being kind in the text thread at the very beginning. Everyone but Prince in the starting group played a ton of minutes against the Warriors, and while it wasn't on a back to back. It was just the other day. Yeah. Stu mentioned they look tired too. Yeah. So I think that there's a bit of a distinction to make here. The fact that LeBron and AD weren't necessarily flying around the court to start the game, I think that that's very understandable, particularly them two. Even Austin and D'Lo, I thought Austin looked a little bit like I'm I'm not going as hard as I would typically go. D'Lo plays a certain style anyway, where it's sort of just like, you're not speeding that guy up regardless. Right. 
And, and that's probably one of the worst shared attributes, I think, of the team's best players is that when they're at their worst, they don't really love to run. LeBron and AD are both like super athletes within the context of like the NBA in general, but they are no longer the LeBron was like this even like four years ago or five years ago, but AD isn't 27 anymore Mm -hmm. his like all you have to do is go back and watch his highlights from his first season with the team and then look at him now and he's still an amazing basketball player and so this isn't a comment on how good he is it's just he's just a different player and we saw a similar evolution with Pal Gasol as he Mm -hmm. aged as a Laker in pretty much this same exact portion of his career where by the end of his Lakers career Pal was a center And he moved more like a center, Mm -hmm. whereas when he started, he was a power forward. And it's just like the natural evolution of dudes this size. Anyways, the Rockets, I think that there were a couple of factors at play here. First, I don't know if you remember Ime Doka's comments after the last time the Lakers Mm -hmm. played the Rockets. He got ejected after having a verbal exchange with LeBron. And this was a game that was at Crypto. And after the game, Udoka did what he does a fair amount, which is he called out his players and he basically called them soft. And in the most underhanded compliment that he could possibly give, he said the Lakers bullied them and that was coming from a team that isn't known to bully anyone. So it was Mm -hmm. sort of just like, I'm talking trash about the other team while also burying my own team. It was just great stuff if you're a fan of like foxhole talk. Yeah. Right. I, I I bet Byron was nodding his head a fair amount after those <laughs> comments. Fast forward to this game. And I sort of had this on my radar as to like, what's Houston going to do after their coach called them out the last game? And I'm sure reminded them of exactly what happened before this game. And like the first four or five plays, Pete, it was like Jalen Green driving right into Anthony Davis. Jalen Green driving right through Torian Prince. Alperen Shingun basically dipping his shoulder and trying to get right into the post. And this was a trend all night. And then like even little stuff, man, like Tejon Tate, he was at the foul line. He had a little bit of an exchange with LeBron. He shoved LeBron off a couple of times. He did like a like, don't touch me sort of arm move. And it was like a lot of just chippiness the entire night and the the Rockets were playing with athleticism. They were playing with force and the Lakers weren't playing with any of that. And so to get back to my initial point, I thought the starters had reason to sort of be like, we're, we're not able to muster that same level of energy and force and physicality. I was then pretty disappointed with the level of the bench group. I did not think Rui and Wood played particularly hard defensively. And I thought that that was the portion of the game where the tone didn't necessarily turn because the Rockets had already established their tone. But Rui and Wood are not good enough basketball players to be like, if we're not playing hard. Right. They also didn't play 40 minutes, right? Like... That's the thing is about guys like Rui and Wood. They didn't play 40 minutes. They're mid to late 20s types of guys. Like it's, it's different circumstances than your 21 LeBron or AD or even that starting group that played 40 plus minutes, you know, in, the, in that Golden State game. 100%. The point I was going to make, too, is they're not as talented as LeBron and AD. 
So if right. LeBron and AD aren't going as hard, they're still LeBron and AD. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm still going to get to the basket. I'm still going to make this shot. I'm like, AD was like, oh, like, oh, I'm three for eight. Fine. Now I'm 10 for 20 and I've made three threes, even though I was 0 for 12 on my previous 12 threes coming in to this game. He's just that talented. It's just like my jumper's going in. Fantastic. I've got 20 points and it's sort of easy that way for him. Rui played well offensively. He went four for five. He had 16 points. He played with a fair amount of force. He went to the foul line eight times, like really good, efficient offensive game for Rui. But I thought defensively and on the glass, he did not play with that same level of force. And Wood is out of sorts again. Like he, Wood is a roller coaster player this season for the Lakers. And right when it seems like he's found a groove or he's found a rhythm within his role, it goes away again. And the Lakers got boat raced. And then in the third quarter, without the collective energy raising, from the starting group and AD sort of being hampered physically. There was just not enough there. And Austin didn't have a good shooting night. D'Lo didn't necessarily have as good a shooting night as he's been having. And Houston was just the younger, fresher, more determined team. And that showed up in pretty much every hustle and box score stat in which that sort of thing is captured. Yeah, they, at one point it was like nine to one on the boards, uh, in offensive boards. Houston had 20 fast break points at halftime. They really dominated the hustle stats. So let's take an early break here. And when we come back, I'm going to beat the dead horse of the starting lineup a little bit more. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So in the context of uh, you just played a double overtime game and guys did look a little bit gassed, that's precisely the type of game where having bigger guys is very helpful. It's very difficult to win when you're small and you're tired and you're slow, right? You got to be one or the other. You can be 
tired and big, right? That, that is something that now you'll give up some things on the perimeter and things like that, but you're still big, right? If if you're small, you have to be fast in order to win in the NBA. And this is the same thing that we saw last year with all the three guard lineups. Crazy stat, the, the starting lineup of D'Lo, Austin, Prince, LeBron, and AD has a negative 4.5 net rating. They got outscored by 20 points last night in a game by that we lost by 16. Got outscored by 20 points in just 17 minutes. Their negative 4.5 net rating in 228 minutes is single-handedly the worst LeBron and AD lineup in the LeBron, LeBron and AD era. So going back five years, no other group has a worse net rating in over 100 minutes. There are two other groups that have a worse net rating in over 50 minutes over the course of LeBron and AD's time here. They are also from this season. That is D'Lo, Austin, and Cam in that spot instead of Prince. And then Austin, Prince, and Cam with D'Lo in that stretch where D'Lo was on the bench. Those are the two worst lineups. So the three worst lineups in LeBron and AD history have Torian Prince at the three. And it is games like this, exactly games like this, that are the games where you do need another person to be able to get a rebound, to be able to get a loose ball, to be able to contribute in these other types of ways. And can't get too upset because Vando, right, got kicked out of the game. Can't be like, yeah. oh, why didn't this guy play more? So I, I get that. But I do think that there's just so much evidence for this D and games like that in circumstances like that are like, well, who is going to be the hustle player in that group? Who is the guy that's going to provide that on a night where the other four guys played 40 plus minutes. It's not going to be Torian Prince. Yeah, that's just not Prince's game. And this is where I think I want to be very clear about this again, because I think it's super important to make these specific distinctions. Prince is not a bad NBA player. In fact, Prince is a good NBA player. And when the Lakers signed Torian Prince, I was actually excited about the Lakers signing him. And I'm super happy to have him on the team now. I think his skill set works very well within the context of this Lakers team. And I could understand the coach's affinity for him as a player based off of the things that he's good at. He stretches the floor. He could drive a closeout. He competes defensively. A lot to like about Prince. The question is whether or not Prince is giving you what you need in the starting group in the context of who starts around him, who the other four players are around him. And this is where... In some ways, no fault to Prince, he is not up to the task of what the needs are for this specific spot. And the lineup stats that you rattled off there, these actually aren't small samples when taken into the context of player archetypes. It might be a small sample, 50 minutes, oh, 50 minutes over the course of an NBA season. That's nothing when you talk about some of those lineups that have... Um, Cam Reddish in them, or the one without D'Lo, like, oh, 51 minutes. Oh, here's a group with 53 minutes. The Prince starting lineup is over 200 minutes with D'Lo and Austin. And so that's a significant sample. But now you're starting to get into 300 minute samples when you talk about like what the two, three positions look like within this, this group. And it doesn't even have to be Prince. If you're highlighting Cam there, it's just like, yeah, he's the same size dude, even though, even if he's a more dynamic defensive player, he has his own offensive limitations. And it's more about what is the style of game that you play. And Prince plays with the requisite amount of motor, I think, for what his body type is and what his style is. But he's not a physical player. 
He doesn't get over or through screens as well as Vanderbilt. He is not as imposing an athlete as Vanderbilt or Rui. Um, the way that he finishes around the basket is much more of a finesse style. And there's just not a lot of force there around what what Prince does. That doesn't make him, again, that does not make him a bad basketball player. It makes him a tricky fit around two skilled guards who are also not imposing athletes, who also aren't especially fast or quick twitch players, who aren't also like guys who are bringing the right amount or not the right amount, but just physicality and force. That's not D'Lo and Austin's game. They help you in other ways. And that's why I'm I'm also not asking them to be like, hey, why aren't you doing X? It's just like, well, they try. That's not their game, though. And so asking Prince to be the sort of big two-way wing that is going, like, he's not going to do that stuff. And in fact, I'm not even sure if the Lakers coaches are, quote unquote, asking him to do that. What they're asking him to do is space the floor and do Tory and Prince things. But that's coming at an overall deficit to these lineups that then don't have the requisite amount of defensive presence and defensive force that's on the perimeter. The Lakers defense over the last 20, 20 games or so, Pete has been like in the 120s. They've been brutal defensively. And it's not a coincidence. Like if you're going to be this sort of like lacking this amount of force defensively on the perimeter, you are going to get taken advantage of in the modern NBA. And so in the same things the Lakers are trying to do to other teams offensively, teams are trying to do those same things to the Lakers offensively, which is we're going to spread you out. We're going to play perimeter-based basketball. And then when you try to press up on us, we're going to attack you. But the Lakers then don't have the defenders to say, well, we're going to be proper impediments to getting attacked in that way. And then you're reliant on LeBron James and Anthony Davis to do everything defensively. And if you want your stars to be stars on both sides of the ball, they can't do everything. They can't do all the star stuff and all of the little stuff too. They need the support from their role players to do the little stuff. And again, again, the type of support that they've needed has not changed over the course of the last five years. You were talking about how the numbers can kind of show archetypes because individually the sample sizes are are so small. And again, I'm making this argument from just basic lineup perspectives rather than from tape, but the tape shows the same types of stories. But basically the, the theory is that if you put LeBron with two big athletes in the front court, you're generally going to be good. That's been true since the 1920 season and in the entire LeBron AD era. To that point, if from the LeBron and two uh, big athletes type of standpoint, the guys who qualify to, for this description are Jackson Hayes, Rui, AD, uh, Christian Wood, and Vando. Those are our players that I think can combine with LeBron and AD to form that big athlete type of front court. There are 10 different combinations there. Nine of them are in positive territory, D. And most of them by a good amount. Now, several of these are small samples, including this first one. But let me read this to you. Again, this is LeBron plus these two players. So LeBron plus Jackson Hayes and Rui plus 29.1 net rating. LeBron plus AD and Jackson Hayes plus 21.1. LeBron plus AD and Wood plus 21. LeBron plus Wood and Rui plus 12.1. LeBron plus Wood and Vando 
plus 11.4. LeBron and AD plus Vando plus 5.5. LeBron LeBron and Rui plus Vando plus 5.5. LeBron and AD plus Rui plus 3.2. LeBron and Wood plus Hayes plus 2.7. And the only negative lineup of the big ones, uh, of the bigger groups, is LeBron plus Hayes and Vando minus five. And so in this context where it's not just that starting group with D'Lo, Austin, and Prince that's played 228 minutes. We actually have a good 500 plus minutes of Prince starting at the three next to either D'Lo and Cam, Austin and Cam, all of these three smaller type of uh, groups. And almost all of them are negative to really bad. The only one that's any good is one with Max, right? Because Max actually instead of Austin, yes, helps out on the boards. Max instead of Austin. Yes. So like D'Lo, Max, and Prince has actually been helpful alongside LeBron and AD. But again, Max is the guy that actually gets rebounds. He's the one guy in our backcourt that has some level of athleticism and physical presence. And so again, this is my beat the dead horse segment, D, but I wanted to, to read those stats again, because again, we've got years and years of sample on this. We are 24 and 24, D. We're the most average team that can be. We came into January like, ah, it's going to be our big month, January, where we're going to be at home. Got 11 out of 15, play games every other day. Everything's set up the way exactly that we like it. We're the same average team that we were before. And it's to me, it's like definition of insanity type of thing where it's like, this is going to be the result that we get with this group and just doing it over and over and over again. I'm just, it's just killing me, D. I will say, too, that it's not like this specific lineup can never play. And so one of the yes, things that... yes. So... You and I, in the text thread, you, me, and Mike even, legitimately debated Vando versus Rui as a starting small forward for the Lakers before the season started. And a point that you made vehemently was, it's not like Vando's never going to play with these specific dudes. There's plenty of parts of the game in which I think this group will get to play and will be good. And then me and Mike countered with, well, but if you're going to play, right? And so we went sure. back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And it was a good spirited conversation between us where I think both sides made good points. For sure. And it's early enough in the season to where it's like, if this doesn't work, we can go back to the, you know what I mean? Like 100%. My point in saying that is that while we were debating that, that same idea rings true around like, oh, you want to play these three skill guys, right? Maybe do it at a time of the game where not every other team has all their best perimeter talent on yes. the court at the same time. And then you only have LeBron and AD out there to do the dirty work against what's likely going to be teams playing bigger because that's how they do at the start at the of start. basketball mm -hmm. games rather than playing smaller. It's frustrating just because it's not like I dislike any of these players individually. It's the manner in which they are being deployed to go out there. And if it's not to fail or not to not succeed, it's to basically be break even. And there's no part of the game I would rather say can we not just break even here? Then at the start of the game and at the start of each half, those are parts of the game where in theory, your best players are on the court and you want to win those parts of the game. Yes. A and these are the groups that are going to play the most together all season is your starting group. And to continuously find a way to say like, 
even against the Rockets. The Lakers did not lose the game in the first six minutes. They did go down by 10. And then they made a quick little flurry of of a little five-point swing. And the starting group, though, was still minus five when they left the game. Almost instantly when Vando came in, those groups then recovered and got themselves to a bit of a lead. And then things turned for the worse just yeah, like that group only before. played a minute 45 because it's time for LeBron to come out at that point. It's time for one of the guards to come out. They did switch the the rotation yesterday to have Austin come out earlier and have D'Lo with that group. At the end, it did not work out for us, but I don't think it was necessarily D'Lo's issue. But anyway, just wanted to point that out that they that he flipped the rotation there. No, that was the group that we talked about at the very beginning that got boat raced by Cam Whitmore. Cam's outrunning Rui and Wood. Like Mm -hmm. there was a play where Wood and Rui were on the right side of the court. Wood's above the right shoulder and Rui is in the corner. Rui has a shot in the corner, but doesn't take it and kicks it back out to Wood. Wood ball fakes and then puts the ball on the ground and does one of those drives that he's done a lot lot this season where he like euros in to traffic a little bit and tries to shoot a fading jump shot. As Wood drives, Rui isn't moving. So he's not sliding up even. And that's his job and is that's, to lift for floor balance, yep. But at the very beginning, he should stay in case Wood is going to like drive and kick to the corner because Wood's not going to throw one of those Luka Doncic patches, passes right, like right, over right. his head, where, right? So, but once he sees Wood start to go into his shooting motion, he needs to start to lift, but he's kind of not, Right. And then when the shot goes up, he does start to run back, but he's not running hard. Whitmore gets, uh, I think this is the play where Whitmore runs middle lane. And then it's like the ball kicks out and then Whitmore runs out and he gets a dunk. And Rui, and he beats Rui. Now, Rui has a good four or five steps on Whitmore when the play is actually turning, um, but Whitmore still outruns him. There's a very similar play Anyways, I don't want to harp on like the individual plays where players didn't hustle hard enough, but like all of these rotation decisions, I feel like I'm not sure the players believe that these are the groups that are, that are going to win. And that shows up in various ways. So let's take another break here. And when we come back, the Lakers play a basketball game against the Atlanta Hawks tonight. And so let's talk about that for a second. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com So, Peter, are you concerned about the Hawks game? Hawks are a good offense. They've got athletes. What are you thinking? The way we've been defending, in particular, uh, we could give up a whole ton of points to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, it's something that they are certainly in an interesting place themselves. Uh, I'm curious, simply for the um, simply for the purposes of tonight's game, D. Uh, I think Dejounte Murray is a interesting player for them. That uh, what's your scouting report on Dejounte Murray? So Murray missed their last game with hamstring tightness, and he's questionable coming into this game. So we will see if he plays. It's very typical that player ailments heal. Right before the Laker game, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Murray's an interesting player to me just because I've been reading a lot and watching a bit more of Murray because he has been a player of interest in the Lakers' Twitter sphere and online scouts and the reported interest between teams of whatever. Murray's a player to watch. And so I've been watching him. And I've also been listening to people talk about Murray and people who watch the Hawks a lot talk about Murray. And there's not a lot of positive stuff that gets said about DeJounte Murray from folks who watch him on a daily basis, which should be concerning, I think, for Lakers fans. I watch Murray, though, and I see a player who is pretty athletic, who gets downhill. Um, I watched him play like they had a game against the Warriors last week. And so my wife's watching that game. I'm I'm watching that game too. And I'm not really paying attention to anything else but what DeJounte Murray is doing. And so I'm seeing him crack down on big guys to box out. I'm seeing him get to the basket and drive on, on pick and rolls. I'm seeing him like miss shots inside, which is sort of his MO where he's not finishing as well as you would expect for a player of his athleticism and his sort of offensive ability. He's an interesting guard prospect. He's like a He's definitely a one-two to me and like more one, like I would say he's like 60% one, probably envisions himself as being like 80 or 90% one. And so that that dissonance within his own seemingly like reflective idea of who he is as, as a player probably doesn't do him as much justice for himself, but he's certainly a talented guard um, and when you throw him in the mix with Trey, that's a lot of like backcourt talent for the Lakers to have to to defend, irrespective of how well those two seem to mesh as teammates. Right. And so this is where I kick it back to you, because a lot of times you hope as a coach that the um, that it's greater than the sum of its parts, like the outcome and the Hawks seem to be the opposite of that. But they have enough individual talent to attack the Lakers' individual players, their individual defenders, in very specific ways that does concern me still. And so that balancing act is tricky for me when I'm trying to analyze how the Lakers are going to hold up in this specific matchup. Yeah, it, they, they can really attack one of the, the Laker weaknesses. Uh, Darvin was talking about the uh, on-ball defense and the importance of that in the Houston game. AD's 
interior defense has really dropped off over this last month. And again, I think that speaks to the level of that we were asking him to do just about everything uh, for, for a good portion of the game. And now that that's not there, that's when we're in that 120 defensive rating plus type of territory. And Murray's a guy that can get get to the rim. He's a he's an interesting player in that he's a tall speed guard is kind of how I would uh, how I would describe him. He's got these really long steps. He's a very very graceful player. Good mid range guy can hit a lot of like eight to twelve footers that I think are really important playoff type of shots. Um, is uh, one of the better steals guys in the NBA. I think he's top fifteen, top twenty, um, and but is not all that physical himself. Um, but he is, he is fast. He can get up the court quickly. He can, you know, bother teams with his length. Uh, but yeah, his ability to at least get into the paint, if not finish all the way. Cause I, I think that's another thing about him too, that you mentioned is that he can get kind of knocked, knocked off his line a little bit and doesn't finish quite as well as other guys can. Um, but between him and Trey, uh, I think that AD's defense is going to be extremely important because I don't see our perimeter guys being able to do a whole ton with, with them. Again, it depends on what happens with Vando. But that's one thing that I think has obscured this team to some degree, D, is Gabe being out for most of the year. He's the best defensive player we have amongst our pure guards. And then Cam has been out for a decent amount. And Vando has missed a lot of time. The specific place where a lot of our injuries have hit has been on the perimeter. And so when we go up against a team that has Trey and DeJounte Murray, a guy like Bogdanovich, right? The Our closeouts are going to have to be good. It, it kind of attacks us in the place where we're weakest. And so... Going into tonight's game, I'm like, Jesus, how many points are we going to give up tonight? That's my my big concern. It's my concern, too. Um, it's also a concern that's just like, look, man, like I wrote this in advance of the Lakers going on their road road trip that only four of the six opponents that the Lakers were going to play had a winning record overall. The combined record of all six teams before the Lakers started their road trip was two games under 500 and that's with the Celtics and the Knicks being on this trip and like the Celtics have barely lost at all right they've been worse now actually that Porzingis has been out which is a very interesting thing for Boston fans to navigate but it's just like oh man there's winnable games on on this trip that said none of these teams are going to look at a Lakers team that is sort of hovering around 500 and not think think to themselves, oh, I wouldn't love to knock these guys off their track some more and start to throw some dirt on them, right? And so the Warriors played super hard. Houston just kicked their butts, right? And now they go into Atlanta where the crowd is always raucous. The crowd is always alive. There is a lot of Lakers fans down there. And the environment around that can be good for both sides. Coming off of last night's game, LeBron did not seem like he was in a very good mood. And I'm hopeful that angry LeBron could translate into a certain amount of like vigor and force around the team. That said, we were just talking about AD and how this is like an important AD defensive game. He's questionable. He was not moving well at all. And he mentioned that he did aggravate it again in the second half. And so it's it's like he aggravated it against the Warriors and then he didn't play a clean game against Houston. And so it's just like if every game within the game, there's a certain 
setback that he then has to manage and how he's moving this is not the game where it's like okay up like up at the level and then all right drop no roller behind sort of stuff trey's always a threat with throwing the lob to a capella or or in a kongwu there's just a lot to navigate in a big stretch of the floor from like 20 feet down to two feet and that's the realm where AD has to be special defensively. And if he can't be his his normal self defensively, then how do you navigate that? It's 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 a tricky ask. And if the perimeter guys are not going to you're going to need strong, not only effort from from the perimeter guys, but you're going to actually need them to win some of these defensive possessions. And that's just not what they've been doing a lot of lately irrespective of how hard they've they've been trying and i like go back and watch some of the austin tape defensively against the warriors or like he's working out there but you're also telling him like yeah go guard steph curry and it's just like well damn it man that's steph curry out there it's 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 like these are tough matchups and so is austin gonna start on trey young tonight is Torian Prince going to start on Trey Young tonight? Or is he going to have to guard DeJounte Murray, who is a speed guard who gets downhill? These are not advantageous matchups for the Lakers defensively. In fact, they're at a deficit there. Even if Prince is your best point of attack defender, he's not as great at navigating screens on the ball. Off the ball, he can sort of maneuver and use his length and be smart and take good, good angles. But on the ball, man, you're out there on an island and he can sometimes be high in his stance because he's a high center of gravity player. And that's death when you're at the point of attack against some of these shifty guys. They just put a little move and then they're by you. And we saw that against Houston a little bit with Jalen Green. He was out there trying to stay with Jalen Green. And Jalen Green's like, look, man, like, this is what I do. I can dance with the ball. And and, and so who's going to dance more with it than Trey Young or even DeJounte Murray, who we talked about, can get to the paint. And, And so I'm concerned defensively. Now, we say all that and this could be a game where the Lakers defense is back in full form and we get like an IST level defensive performances. It's like, oh, there, there's that Lakers defense, especially after Darvin was very pointed about his comments after the Rockets game. Like, we have to defend? And I would say, well, if you want to defend, then start playing your better defenders more, right? But yeah. It's a big game tonight. Um, this, If they don't get the win tonight, it, uh, they could be staring at a four-game losing streak Uh very easily after after the end of this weekend. So we will be back to tomorrow to discuss the last game of January. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires. It's good. They will. Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Bad next to the winner. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. Shot with his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. 
Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one. Miss it. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. Add insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.